Yes, 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 you are listening to the first live Styles Files. Styles Files Radio is here. I want to take a moment and thank everybody for tuning in, whether you came over from the podcast or just happened to hear about it on social media, anything like that. Really appreciate it. It's been a long time coming to be able to do something like this, and um, I'm very excited to, to get this going. That is that was some Lil John, um, some Lil John Christmas mix that my little sister played for uh, a tea party she had yesterday. I, I wouldn't think that well, Lil John and Christmas goes together, but I also wouldn't think that tea parties and that type of music go together as well but you know that's what she does and we love her for it we got a great show for you today i'll tell you one thing or one person that didn't care about the debut of my show and that would be my cat shasta uh she screams bloody murder every morning when me and my fiance don't feed her right on time and it was no different today i'm sitting here trying to get set up for everything and she couldn't care less, so I fed her, you know. Um, people say that cats actually control humans and not the other way around. And, you know, today was a great example of that. But we got to love her. If you saw her, you definitely wouldn't think that we don't feed her. I'll put it to you like that. Okay, let's get into what we're going to talk about on the show. Obviously, the Warriors are the biggest thing. Trying to figure out what we have with that team and what we can expect for them in the future. We want to talk a little bit about Lakers, Clippers. You know, we we have to. They're the they're going to be the top two seeds in the West, in my opinion. And then I had to let everyone know that the fan favorite segment. Uh, when I say fans, I say specifically my mother of Please Stop has made its way to the live show. So we're going to end the show with Please Stop, and everybody loves that. So enough chitter-chat, had to get everybody caught up on what we're thinking. Let's get right on into it. So, the first thing I thought about when I was watching Warriors Nets, the first thing I thought about was the difference between being a fan of a player versus a fan of a team. And that's not to say there's any hate for people that are fans of players, specifically LeBron. I don't really know if there are a lot of fans that are fans of specific players besides LeBron, maybe a couple for Kevin Durant or, you know, probably a good bit for Kevin Durant. But it seems like whenever you're talking to someone that says that they're a fan of a player, that's LeBron James. So it's kind of an interesting thing to compare. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, look, this is how it goes sometimes. The Warriors are at the top of the mountain for so long. Then they get, obviously, Kevin Durant helped was a huge help in that. And now we see, look, guys get older, okay? Steph isn't young. 
Draymond isn't young. And what you have is, you know, Clay, we're, we're hoping to see him come back seeing, seeing Kevin Durant perform the way he did yesterday is a great sign for Warrior fans. And obviously for Clay Thompson, I'm sure that gave him hope. But you're going to see ups and downs in this game when you're a fan of the team. That's just what it is. You don't just hop around when, when you're not a fan of a player. You don't hop around from team to team and, okay, now we're here with LeBron and Cle- Cleveland because Cleveland's good. Now we're in Miami because uh, Miami's good. And I kind of did that backwards. But then you go to L.A. So you don't get the growing pains or those types of things when you're just a fan of a player, okay? The Warriors were winning championships. So some people can talk about the front office and Bob Myers and some of the selections. And look, nobody is, nobody is, you know, immune from criticism. They've made some picks that haven't panned out. But at the same time, they were picking at the end of the draft and they were doing the best that they could. That's just what it is. So what we're seeing now is, okay, who is going to be able to take that next step and move forward? It, you know, And we're looking at the Jordan Pools, Eric Pascals, and trying to figure out just exactly what they're going to be. So that was my first kind of main takeaway that this is just what it is when you're a fan of a team and not a player. Everything is not always going to be, you know, rainbows and unicorns and cotton candy. That's just not how it goes all the time. But you stick with your team and think about it like this. We can't sit here and be upset when, you know, the Suns, they got their guy in CP3 to match with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. They legitimately haven't been in the playoffs for a decade. Legitimately. So... We have to be thankful. We are probably not going to see a championship this year, but that's okay. They're still going to be competitive, and we're going to get into that right now when I look at the takeaways from the game. Going into Twitter, because that's really where I get a pulse for what's going on in the sports world. Who doesn't? I thought to myself, is this going to be like the San Francisco Giants season. And what I mean by that is, are we going to sit here and throughout the whole season, everybody from media, personalities, to fans, all knew that the Giants weren't going to be that good. And I get it. The way that they missed the playoffs and literally just having to win one more game and not being able to do it hurts. But this team wasn't really supposed to sniff the playoffs at all. And I get it. Playoffs were extended, things like that. They weren't supposed to sniff the playoffs and they got really, really close. So you go on Twitter or whatever the case may be and it's talking about firing people already, which is ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous. Gabe Kapler, people are upset with Gabe Kapler and I get it. It didn't always look pretty, but we knew it wasn't going to look pretty. So it doesn't really matter how you lose to me. Because if a win is a win, a loss is also a loss. So that was the first thing I thought about. The next thing I thought about. It's going to be hard for any of us to properly judge the Warriors. Because they're starting the season off against championship caliber teams. Okay, The Nets 
the way the Nets played yesterday, and I get it, no Draymond, they looked amazing. We are all victims of being prisoners of the moment sometimes, but they looked really good. And we're coming off a season where I think since the 80s, a team that was below the four seed or four seed or below made the finals. That happened last year with the Heat. So what does that tell me? That tells me that the East is a mess, okay? I know the Bucks made moves. I know the Heat are still contenders. I know the Sixers, they're trying to figure out something. The Celtics, these are all teams that haven't been able to get it done. The last team that won in the East were the Raptors, who beat a Durant-less and a partially Klay Thompson-less Warriors with Kawhi, who's long gone. And prior to that was LeBron in the 3-1 year beating the Warriors. So I don't have any confidence right now in a specific East team, which gives me more confidence in the Nets because they have two guys that were main pieces on championship teams. I'm trying to think of who else has that. The Celtics don't have that. The Sixers do not have that. The Raptors, I guess, but you know their main guy is gone. And we saw in the playoffs, you just need that guy. And I think that's going to be the issue for the Raptors moving forward. You know, so these teams, the Bucks don't have that. These teams... In the East, there's only one team that does have that, and that's the Nets. So when I'm thinking about who could come out of the East, why shouldn't the Nets be on the top of the board? I I don't understand why they wouldn't be, and I don't really understand why, in some cases, they might not be favored. I know the Lakers, uh, and this has nothing to do with the Lakers losing last night because we all know uh, know, one game is just one game. I think they said on the broadcast the Lakers lost the first game last year of the season. So it's not about that. I'm just looking like if Kevin Durant is going to continue to play like this, he's the top two player in the world. Maybe top one. That's what we were talking about when he was on the Warriors ball and people didn't want to give him his flowers because he had Stephanie and clay, but LeBron doesn't play with scrubs anymore. He stopped doing that. He made sure to stop doing that. So I don't really want to hear that in that regard. I get it. You know, Steph is another top top five player, top 10 player, but so is Anthony Davis. So that shouldn't be counted against you. So that was my first thought. How are we going to judge the Warriors based on these two games? And Twitter, Warriors Twitter was in shambles yesterday. Like, you know, they lost their puppy. It was terrible over losing one game, the first game of the season. And I got to tell you what, Warrior fans, Christmas might feel like you're going to get some coals because they play the Bucks, And I know I just said the Bucks don't have anyone that's really championship proven, but they do have a really, really, really good team. And the reason we're so tough on the Bucks is because they should have at least gone to a finals by now and possibly won it. Okay. That year where the Warriors lost Durant, people think the Sixers could have won. People think the Bucks could have won. The Raptors ended up winning. We don't know, but then you got to at least go. That doesn't mean that it's going to be any easier when the Warriors face them, okay? The Warriors are still learning. You had three preseason games. The Nets 
even though Kevin Durant hadn't played and Kyrie, I believe, had stopped playing, they're by far the two best players on your team. So you just kind of plug and play them and it's not really like learn the offense type deal. I mean, they talked about it on one of their 18 podcasts. They're just out there balling and kind of doing what they want. I mean, Steve Nash is sitting there like, this is pretty darn easy. And Steve Kerr's like, yeah, it is. Why you got those guys, right? And Steve Kerr is thinking, this is going to be, you know, interesting for me. We'll get into that a little bit later as to what Steve Kerr is going to have to prove this year. What's realistic for him to be able to prove this year. Because this is a a good year for Steve Kerr to kind of quiet the people that are saying he's just ridden coattails. And look, I'll be honest. They got a point a little bit. They got a point. I mean... You got people like my dad that think coaches do absolutely nothing. And I'm not saying it's that bad, but they do have a point that, look, it's not like he took, you know, some scrubs to the finals like we've seen in the past to win coach of the year and things like that. He's done well, but he's had plenty of talent to work with. So it's hard to judge right now. I would say let's get through these first two games. Don't let it ruin your Christmas. And see what the Warriors do when they start playing teams. And I don't mean it to sound the wrong way. That are in their tier. Okay. We're sitting there saying three. A three seed is probably the. Probably the ceiling. Okay. Three seed is. That's Steph playing at a high level. That's Draymond playing at a high level. That's Kelly Oubre continuing to grow. And that's Andrew Wiggins just. Just improve a little bit. We don't need you to you know, take the full jump, you're not going to live up to being the number one pick. You're not. But that's okay. A lot of players don't. Okay, look at a, what was it, Markel Fultz just signed. And you can find ways to to plug and play and to be a serviceable guy. All drafts are created different. So just because you went number one in a certain draft and things like that, it's all a crapshoot. But you still have to be serviceable. And last night, Andrew Wiggins did not look serviceable. In a one game, uh, you know, in a one game kind of setting, he did not look serviceable. So that wasn't great. But let's not judge the Warriors too hard until we start seeing them play the Suns of the world, the Grizzlies of the world, the teams that they're going to need to beat consistently, the Kings, to get into the playoffs. Okay? That's what I would say. Another takeaway, Steph looked good. Steph looked really good. You know, a modest 20 points. But, you know, the way Steph does everything, nothing is modest. And I don't mean that he's braggadocious. He just is so electric, man. And not being able to watch him for that many weeks was tough. It was tough for fans of basketball, not just Warrior fans. So to see him play, rocking his mini braids uh, was something else. Everything he does, you just want to follow him around. And when people talk about Patrick Mahomes being kind of the Steph Curry of of football, it's really similar, man. Like, even LeBron, and maybe that's because I'm a Warrior fan. I don't know. Maybe my fandom's showing. Even LeBron, I don't feel, garners that kind of electric attention that Steph does. As soon as he touches the ball, everybody wants to drop what they're doing, stop what they're doing, and just watch, right? And just... Hope he shoots. And let me tell you what. We're going to be really, those people are going to be really happy this year because Steph is going to be shooting a lot. He's going to be shooting a lot, a lot because he's going to look around. We've all been on that 
YMCA pickup team. Maybe sometimes I'm on the other side and the shooter is looking at me like, this guy can't do anything. Depends on which Allen shows up. But he's looking around like, okay, what am I going to do? And and when it comes to Draymond coming back in that regard, I don't know how much that's going to help. Now, it was interesting to hear a quote from Steph last night say he feels like he sees the court better when he doesn't have the ball, which is interesting because I'm looking around this roster and at least for right now, you know, Wanamaker, Jordan Poole, every, everybody not named Draymond. Like, who's going to handle the ball? Who's going to be able to initiate the offense? And there's not a ton, a ton of options right now. We have to see more. Maybe once Wanamaker gets, you know, more comfortable with the offense, he can take over and things like that. But we have to see what he's going to or what they're going to be able to do when Steph isn't on the floor. Or if Steph feels like, hey, I want to do the thing where I run around screens and kind of survey the, the court and make myself available. I want to do that too. And we don't know what he's what who is going to be able to do that for him in those moments. And that has been a big thing for me going into it. So I, I was already wondering who's going to handle the ball and who's going to initiate this offense, assuming that it's Wanamaker. We don't know. I mean, Bazemore could probably do it a little bit. And now to hear that Steph likes being off the ball more. Look, look, homie, I don't know if that's going to work for you this year. I, I'm just saying, unless you really put that much trust in Draymond, which obviously you can until it's time to, hey, we're just going to lay off Draymond and, and let him take a shot. James Wiseman, moving on. James Wiseman looked really good. Uh, for me, the best thing that I saw from James Wiseman those jump shots like we talked about, that lefty stroke or that I've talked about before, looked pure, man. It looked pure, and I've talked about it in the past. Get that three-point percentage. Keep it at a 32% that Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis range, and that opens up a lot. You see players are throwing bodies at those guys when they're on the three-point line, and it opens up the offense. And if they don't throw bodies, knock it down. Knock it down. So that was a great thing that I saw from James Wiseman. Another thing that I saw from James Wiseman was his ability to seal off veteran NBA guys. I mean, like I said, these are the Nets. This is a top two team in the East for me. And he is literally sealing off people. You know, we'll get to Wiggins later. Don't worry. But Wiggins missed a pass where I think he actually hit a part of the backboard that I've never seen happen before as he was trying to feed Wiseman the ball in the post, but it was a bad pass, but Wiseman was wide open, just sealing off guys like, you can't get around me. I'm much bigger than you. I don't know why that is, but take it up with God or whoever you believe in. That's what stuck out to me because he was able to, to get whatever he wanted in certain situations. And he was pulling up with confidence, with a lot of confidence for a guy that when you think about it, he played three games in college. It's not about the film. We're not talking about the film. That's the last time he played in a game. Okay, maybe some pickup games here or there. That's the, those are the last time he played in real games besides high school. So essentially he's three games away from coming straight out of high school, dropping 19, 
sealing off NBA guys and taking jump shots with confidence and hitting threes as well. So that was easily the highlight of the night during, you know, a game or throughout the course of a game that didn't have very many highlights if um, you're part of Dub Nation. But that was a huge, huge thing to watch and a huge vote of confidence that we all now have from watching him perform in that one game against a top-tier team. Now, I don't know if he'll guard Giannis next game, but we're going to take it day by day. For now, we like what we're seeing. Don't forget how young this kid is. Okay, now, Wiggins. Wiggins, Wiggins, Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins got destroyed on social media last night. And it's, look, it's hard not to make jokes um, as long as they're inside of the game. I don't mind. I would say out of all the things that people talk about as far as these guys get paid so much money, um, yada, 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 yada. That is the one thing that I feel that fans are allowed to do. If you're not playing well, I think you can let him hear it if, unless, as long as you're doing it in a somewhat respectful way. It's hard to tell someone you stink and be like, I mean that respectfully. But as long as you're doing it in a respectful way, I have no problem with it. And that's just what Wiggins got yesterday. You know, it was really tough for him to get it going. Like I said, turnovers. And I think, um, you know, taking it back to my YMCA days, it's tough. Sometimes tougher. And I get it. They're in the NBA. Knock down a shot. When the other team is literally telling you to shoot it, it's tough, man. It's really tough. It feels like it just becomes so mental because it's like, okay, well, why are they letting me shoot it? Because right now I can't shoot. And they know that. Now I know that if I didn't know that, now I know that now it reminded me maybe I can't shoot. And next thing you know, you're clanking the first two, three open Three-pointers, now Twitter's going, and sure, you're not checking Twitter from the game, but you know, you know what's happening. It's opening night. You're the first game. Anybody that likes basketball is watching the game. So that kind of snowballed for Wiggins uh, and Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, they combined something terrible. It really doesn't matter what the stat was, 7 for 26 or something just horrendous. Kelly Oubre didn't have a great game either. Now, Kelly Oubre because he had some nice dunks uh, and he just plays with that energy. And look, people uh, hating on Wiggins is, is kind of the trend. Kelly Oubre didn't get much hate. And, and I'll, and here's the thing. People will say, well, the, well, Ke Andrew Wiggins was, was with the Warriors last year. I mean, not for that long, not, not very long at all. And a lot of the guys he was playing with, he wasn't playing with yesterday. Okay. Mainly Steph Curry. And then he's going to get Draymond back who he didn't really play with either. So it's it's not like Kelly Oubre should get that much more of a, you know, of a leash than Andrew Wiggins in that regard. Neither of them uh, have played with this group for that long. That's what I will say. But what I'll also say, and what will be something to watch, I believe Draymond will help this, just the way he organizes things, and things like that. But are Wiggins and Oubre a little too similar to play together as much as maybe 
we are all expecting them to play together. You know, the, both these wing guys that are, I would say, technically, Ubre is a better shooter because he shot better last year. But trying to find their shot, more slasher type guys can defend pretty well. You know, I would say Ubre can probably create a little better, but they're pretty darn similar. And that's not something that I even thought about until I watched them together yesterday. And again, like I said, you plug Draymond in, he'll organize things more, but offensively, they're going to have to figure out where they want to live, you know, as far as this movement and the offense is, con- is concerned, because we saw yesterday defenses are going to try to expose them on the perimeter. They're going to clog the lane and say, literally, he ain't got that shooting. You know, that, that look that they give you like, oh, no, no, he ain't got that. We good. We good. You know what? A lot of times. The defense is right, but for me, I don't care if I'm one for 50. If I ever make that shot, oh, you're not hearing the end of it. You are not hearing the end of it. I'm going crazy. I don't even care what the score is. I don't even care what the score is. You know, I was on, I was upset with um, Lawrence Jr., I believe, on the Giants. On the um, Now I'm talking about the New York Giants. Watching them in the Monday night game. And he starts dancing after a sack when they gained a yard. They literally gained a yard. And he's dancing like it was a sack or something like that. And I'm like, homie, they gained a yard and then later scored on the play. Relax. Okay, I'm a firm believer in most cases. I'm a firm believer that the celebration should match the accomplishment. But in this case, if I've had to hear it from you all game, that I can't shoot and I make one because you haven't, you're not even in my area code or my zip code. Oh, you're not hearing the end of it. I can guarantee you that. You are not hearing the end of it. And that is the mindset that Wiggins is going to have to take if he wants to make this step. He's got to believe in himself, number one, because people aren't going to stop. Once you get a blueprint for a team, it's a copycat league in, in many different ways. And defensively, it's the same thing. They're going to look on film. The Bucks are looking right now and saying, okay, we'll basically just stay in the lane until one of these guys not named Steph Curry makes a shot. And Draymond coming back, whether he comes back or not, does not change that in the slightest. And that is what scares you. That is what scares you a lot. Um, off the top of my head, I believe the NBA average for threes, at least last year, was 36%. So we have Steph, who shoots above that. Oubre, who was right under that last year. Wanamaker, who's a little above that, but it's a small sample size. And you have Bazemore, who is above that too. But besides that, nobody is, is that close to the league average. Maybe a couple guys are fairly close, but... Shooting is not going to be their their strong suit. I can tell you that right now. Uh, Michael Mulder and Juan Toscano-Anderson, they shined. They really shined. Uh, Talk about Michael Mulder. I mean, you know, shooting with no conscience. He came in, he was pulling. He was pulling and you like to see it. You know, Juan Toscano, he's going to grind. He's going to be that gritty guy off the bench that you're going to need. But you could really see Michael Mulder getting into the rotation pretty soon here if, 
some of these other guys don't pick it up. And I think that is what's going to be interesting to to watch as we move forward in the early goings of this season. But I will say this about the offense, and then I'm going to get into the Nets a little bit. The offense will be the offense. And going into the season, because when you don't have great shooting, half-court offenses are tougher to, to manage. Easier to guard, but tougher to manage. Where I think Draymond is going to help is that defensively, a lot of these guys, Ubre, Wiggins, and anybody else they run out there, you know, Pascal was pretty lost yesterday, let's be honest. Rotations, rotations, rotations. Like when you're buying a, a property, right? I'm looking for one now. You know, holla at your boy. Location, location, location. When you're playing defense, especially when you're playing defense for the Warriors, rotation, rotation, rotation. And the rotations were awful yesterday. They were awful, which means that more points are scored on the nets, which means that there are less fast breaks for the Warriors, which means that they find themselves in a half-court offense more often, which is tough, like I said, when you don't have that type of shooting. When Draymond comes back, he gets everything organized, which creates more stops. This team, their offense is really supposed to be generated a lot from the defense. And look, even when they had the big four with Clay and KD and Draymond and Steph, that was all part of it. That was all part of it. Getting stops, and before KD as well, getting stops, getting into the open court. And sure, you had the Charles Barkley of the world and a lot of people mad that Steph and Clay are pulling up from three instead of dunking it or laying it up. But that is what created those things. It was the defense. So it all starts on the defense, which means until you have your captain of the defense back and Draymond Green, we really don't know what all we're going to have from this offense as well. So it's kind of like the old saying goes, like good defense kind of, you know, leads to offense. That's what we're looking for in the piece that we were missing yesterday. And maybe we'll see it on Christmas if Draymond plays or maybe not. But going forward, that's a big deal that I think we need to think about going forward before we sit there and say, okay, this is what the Warriors offense is going to be. All right, let's get to the Nets. You know, let's get to the Nets and specifically Kevin Durant, who, look, Kevin Durant, the way he left the Warriors, uh, I guess was fairly controversial. It was definitely was nearly, wasn't nearly as controversial as when he left the Thunder, right? The, oh, did you, you know, we were at a dinner. He told us we were staying and I found out through a text message. It didn't seem to be that sticky, but I think in the moment, if we take ourselves back to that moment of Draymond freaking out and Kevin Durant signing these small deals that were just a little bizarre for someone that is saying that they wanted to stay. And I don't even know if he ever necessarily said he wanted to stay there for a long time. The way I see the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors relationship was just a very, very successful business transaction. Kevin Durant got what he wanted and the Warriors got what they wanted. More rings. And Kevin Durant got rings and finals MVPs and the ability to now do whatever he wants. Okay. And that's probably the scariest thing about the Nets. They're not playing like, oh my gosh, I got to win. You know how tough that is to get that monkey off your back. And a lot of players never end up doing it. 
And so people can say whatever they want. It's a, you know, cheap rings or whatever. Kevin Durant is playing so loose. And Kyrie always does. He has a ring, but he plays like that either way. That's what makes them so scary, especially when you're talking about an East and an Eastern conference where nobody else has the ability to play like that. The Raptors, you could say them, but their best player from the year that they won left. So yeah, we all have championship pedigree, but we were all kind of, I don't know if role, role players might not be fair, but you know, very good role players to a star who has left. So that is what I think makes the Nets just as scary as the fact that they just have an extremely talented team from the Karis Leverts to the Spencer Dinwiddies that we all know about, uh, the Harrises to look, they got Landry Shammer from the Clippers. And he was supposed to be a big part of that offense. You know, he was supposed to be a big part of that offense, or Shamit, so, excuse me. He was supposed to be a big part of that offense. It didn't really work out. He ends up in Brooklyn, and he is more than capable. So they have a very deep bench. They have a situation where when the Warriors had their super, super team, that bench was tough, okay? No offense to the team, but that bench was struggling. It really was, and... The Nets don't seem to have that issue. They're not going to have any struggle lineups where nobody is capable of making a bucket. And that is going to be very important in the playoffs. But, you know, I alluded to it earlier. Kevin Durant looked great coming off his Achilles tear. And that is hope for the Warriors. And that is hope for Klay Thompson. And I would make the argument that both of these players, you know, everyone is saying neither of them are quote-unquote explosive in that way if anybody was more explosive out of the two it's Kevin Durant so that is what really makes you happy because Kevin Durant people will undersell his athleticism because he's so lanky and just has such a great shot but to be that tall and have those handles and explode the way he does when he dunks and the quickness that is athleticism it's not just a matter of him being bigger than everyone else. He's extremely athletic when you think about it and extremely explosive when you think about it. Uh, it's not just doing 360 dunks and between the legs. The way he moves to the basket and cuts to the basket and can get past guys that are smaller than him, that right there tells you how athletic he is. So with all that being said, I would say that he is more athletic and more explosive than Clay Thompson, which means that Clay shouldn't be that different, if different at all, from based on what we've seen, it's only been one game for Kevin Durant. When Clay comes back, he should be a very similar player in that way. And that is very exciting for the Warriors. Um, we have to see how the Bucks look. Like I said, I think that they would be the one team after the moves that they made. We have to see, you know, getting Drew Holiday and things like that to see how they look. But the problem is, saying that about the Bucks, the Bucks. They're always good in the regular season. They're always good in the regular season. So it's tough for anybody to say, well, the Bucks did better in the regular season than the Nets. That must mean they should be the favorites. Hasn't been that way the last couple years. It has not been that way the last couple years. And it's kind of crazy and, and bad timing from the Bucks. You go ahead and you blow 
this situation the way that they did in this past playoffs, you know, uh, again, not getting to the finals. You don't do that when Kevin Durant and Kyrie aren't playing. <laughs> so now, sure, you're you're reloaded. You're fully, I'm reloaded. You know, you're, you're ready to go. But guess what? The Nets are here with a squad. An absolute squad. With Kevin Durant, Kyrie, he's staging the place, okay? He's got the good energy going, all these types of things. And now you have to deal with them. Now you have to deal with them, and that matters. Because you know what, Giannis? Nobody cares in the long run. A loss is a loss, and a win is a win. And you've had opportunities, and you haven't been able to do it. And you're a really good player, but you're a really good player that needs certain players around you to win playoff games. Not to win regular season games. To win playoff games when teams are specifically taking away the things that you do best and saying, hey, hey, if you want to kick it to that number three, number four option, and even number two in some cases, Chris Middleton, you got to show up. If you want to kick it to those options, go ahead. But you are not, A, doing what you like to do, and B, getting whatever you want. And those are the things that Giannis is going to have to Figure out with this team because the Nets aren't playing around. The Celtics, man, um, I don't really got much for the Celtics. You know, if you follow, if you were in my YMCA group chat, I'm not, I'm, it's not that I'm not a fan. I'm just not a believer. You know, I know Jason Tatum is super young and they got Kemba and, you know, they, they got guys, but... Brad Stevens, to me, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, exceeding expectations are not the same as meeting them. What do I mean by that? Brad Stevens kind of made, came out hot in the streets when uh, I think what Kyrie got hurt, or his team was you know kind of broken down, but they still got to the conference finals eventually, and then I think they took. Uh, the heat to seven or something like that. Oh my gosh, Brad Stevens is a genius. Da 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 da. What has he done with a healthy team? In my opinion, he has not met expectations because the expectations the last couple years for the Celtics were at least one finals opinion uh, appearance. Give us one. Give us one. You haven't been able to get one, and we're supposed to sit there and say Brad Stevens is, you know, this top-tier coach? I don't think that. I don't think that at all. So the Celtics don't scare me as far if I'm the Nets. And like I said, none of these teams are proven. I've said it before. I'll say it again. None of these teams are proven. Um, Let's get into Lakers-Clippers. Look, I take that game with a grain of salt. You know, You know who I'm happy for, and it's funny because he'll still get hate no matter what because that's just how people are and people love to... Make fun of people that are way more talented than them. Paul George looked really, really good. I mean, really, really good. Paul George balled out. I think he had 33, something like that. And he was shooting with a lot of confidence. And people are going to say, well, it's not the playoffs. Whatever the case may be. It's on the, he's on the biggest stage. And it would have been very easy for him to crumble, for him to fall back 
into whatever place he was in uh, during the bubble that did not allow him to perform as good as he could. He's in the side of the backboard and things like that. That is a really good sign for Clipper fans. And I get it. It's a regular season. There is a difference. It's not a closeout game or anything like that. But these are the small steps, man. These are the small steps. And I thought that, if anything, this helped the Clippers, okay? As far as how much heat they had to take after losing. Because everyone has, I wouldn't say written them off, but they're still calling them a, you know, the top three team in the West, but the disrespect is real and they earned some of it. You know, they're in, and we can't forget they're in comments and Kawhi's quietly got these you know weird commercial, like he's the king. And it was all just kind of bizarre, to be honest. It was kind of bizarre. So they're going to get what they deserve, but there comes a point in time where they're going to have to decide who they want to be as a team and who they want to be as a franchise. And look, from the outside looking in, because honestly, I don't believe the Warriors are going to win a championship this year. So it's just a different version of watching last year. It's just, you know, we just care about the Warrior games more, but you still don't want you know, Steph or, you know, Draymond, anyone to kind of burn themselves out or get injured, you kind of still want to get to next season with a healthy clay and have another real run at it because I don't think they're going to have a legitimate run at it this year, but you never know. You never know. Steph has an MVP season or things like that. But for the time being and for the, uh, for the purposes of this argument or discussion, the Clippers have a real shot to silence all the doubters. And I've been on Ty Lue's case as well because, look, all the jokes about, you know, they go into the huddle and Ty Lue is holding a clipboard and it's just a, a stick figure with, like, you know, saying it's LeBron, saying give me the ball or give LeBron, LeBron the ball to shoot. This is a chance, and I get it, he's got two top tier players again I would put Paul George in that second tier but Kawhi's in the first this is his opportunity to say look I can do it um, with guys not named LeBron and in a weird situation where nobody is taking away the 3-1 championship okay Cleveland if there are any Cleveland listeners nobody's taking that away but there was a suspension there were things that kind of just didn't make fe- people feel great about it in that way. And what, you know, that's more just the Warrior fans. But more importantly, it was LeBron and Kyrie. Like, I'm trying to figure out what Ty Lue did specifically to say, okay, if Ty Lue wasn't the coach, I don't know if they, they pull this off. Maybe uh, somebody from Cleveland can let me know that, but I personally don't know that myself. So it'll be interesting to see what the Clippers are able to do moving forward. And the Lakers, man, they're reloaded. They're reloaded. Everybody knows it, okay? They got the sixth and seventh man of the year, which is crazy how they pulled that off. Then they get Marcus All, who I really wanted for the Warriors, uh, but apparently once Clay went down, Warriors kind of went out the window. No hate to, or I don't know if I said Paul or Marcus All, but Marcus All, excuse me. 
no hate to Marcus All. He's older in his career. He wants he wants another championship, and you know, I, I just said I don't know if that's going to happen, or I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen for the Warriors. So they get Gasol, they get Harrell, okay, they get Schroeder, and they're ready to go, man. They're ready to go. They're hungry. But I'm going to end this segment with kind of a hot take. And it's a hot take because it hasn't happened, but it's not a hot take because it's eventually going to happen. I feel like within these next couple years, either this year or next year, we are finally, finally going to see Father Time has been losing the fight to LeBron. He's been getting his butt whooped, to be honest. And Father Time is undefeated. It's starting to look like he's going to lose this one. But we all know it's just taking him a little bit longer to get LeBron down. I feel like within these next couple years, he might do that. He might actually get LeBron down. I mean, I get it. LeBron coasts during the, the regular season, the way he plays. he's He's been the one player, or not the one player, I would say the most notable player, in my opinion, that has just so blatantly turned it on and off in moments, and it still not mattered when it mattered the most. You know when your coaches would always say growing up, you can't turn it on and off. You're not that good. Most NBA players aren't that good either, okay? It's specifically LeBron. I'm trying to think of who else. I, mean, I You can't really tell with Kawhi because he kind of just moves the same all the time. But that's kind of what it is with LeBron as well, okay? He can legitimately turn it on and off, and it hasn't hurt him to this point. So I know he's not going to go into the, the playoffs burnt out. The question is just... How much longer can he do this? And just, I don't know, man. And it has nothing to do with the loss yesterday or last night. It's literally just, this can't go on forever. It really can't. And I just think it's going to be this year or next year where we start to see it. Maybe that's part of the reason the Lakers were so aggressive. You know, he tweaked his ankle yesterday. I'm sure he'll be fine. But just little things here and there. You know, this is maybe this really, really becomes Anthony Davis's team if it's not already. So kind of a hot take. I would say the next two years, we start to see Father Time throw some haymakers. And it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I'll tell you that much. OK. I want to break down quickly what to worry about and what to be hopeful about in terms of the Warriors. So what to worry about? Talked about this a little bit earlier. Shooting is probably not going to get better. Everyone's talking about the shooting, the shooting, shooting. It's, it's not going to get better, okay? Uh, we talked about it. Steph, Bazemore, only guy shooting over the three-point percentage mark. Wanamaker, small sample size. Oubre, Oubre is close, but Oubre also is now in a situation where it's not a, you know, it's not necessarily a... Uh, a side dish or an appetizer, the three-pointers, it's the main course. And I'm not saying, you know, we're not asking him to be Clay Thompson, but that's going to be a big part of his offense or the offense, his ability to knock down shots. And Wiggins, I'm just not, um, I'm just setting my expectations low. I'm, I'm talking about Oubre, but the shooting isn't going to get better. So how are they going to be able to 
get that half court offense going. You know, a lot of Wiseman, and like I said, staying away from the half court offense by getting stops and getting into the open floor and full court. You know, running that offense and getting, you know, lobs to to Wiseman and Draymond running it, things like that. The roster, even with Clay, have guys that need to progress fairly quickly. I would say Poole, Pascal, these guys are going to have to turn the corner quickly. And Poole, you know, like a late first rounder, Pascal, second rounder. It's going to be tough to see what they become. You know, a lot of these guys, a lot of second round guys, a lot of them do pan out. A lot of them don't. And I think, you know, Pascal will be a, a solid player. But what are they going to be able to bring in the immediate future is the question. And then when you talk about some of the Warriors' interesting decisions, like Alan Smilagich that is taking up a roster spot for, you know, no reason. No reason, really. I mean, that's starting to look like an experiment that didn't really work or isn't working. Um, You can't have guys, especially on a team like this, that are going to produce next to nothing. You you know, you you get Mulder deep off the bench and he comes out pulling. That's what you need this year. You don't need guys that you can't depend on or just kind of there. You know, the guys when you watch college basketball that are just, you know, doing the, the bench celebration and things like that. You don't need those guys. You don't need those guys not this year. The team's not good enough to just have guys that are going to kick it. That's not... That's not what we're doing. We can't have, no offense, love the guy. He was great for the Warriors. We can't have Quinn Cooks. Like, Quinn Cook never plays for the Lakers. Okay, we can't have those guys. We don't have, we're not good enough to have players like that. Um, what to be hopeful about? Steph is going to shoot a lot. And that's that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Watch it, like I said, the electricity that Steph brings. No one can deny how much fun that is. So we love that, Okay. James Wiseman looks amazing. Talked about that. So it looks like, you know, a fairly obvious pick, but the front office made the right decision. And like I mentioned before, rotations will get better, which is going to lead to a better offense. So those are the things that I feel that we have to worry about. And those are the things that I feel we have to, um, where we can be hopeful about. Okay. So it's a moment you've all been waiting for. Um, This is something that had to come with me to the live show. Everybody loves, uh, everybody loves this. So without further ado, it is time. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Okay. So my first please stop. Warrior fans and media personnel. Please stop sounding like casual fans. It's honesty, honestly a little embarrassing. One game against a top one or two team in the East, the Nets, with two, Kevin Durant is a top five player, probably not Kyrie, two championship players, okay? And we're acting like someone stole our puppy it's ridiculous it's ridiculous okay please stop you sound like casuals you sound like you don't know basketball you sound like the sky is falling for absolutely no reason and like i said the bucks are next so it's not going to get any easier 
These guys had three preseason games. Three preseason games. Okay? The Nets, they plugged in Kevin Durant and they plugged in Kyrie Irving, who are two perfect plug-in players. You know why? Because they're the two best players on the team. It's pretty easy to plug those guys in. So please stop overreacting over one game. Because I, I I don't Twitter might break. Okay, Twitter might break after on Christmas Day. What a present uh, for, for, for the people that work at Twitter. Warriors Twitter is going to break it because it probably isn't going to get any better against the Bucks. All right, so please stop. It, it's a little embarrassing to the re- for the rest of NBA Twitter to, to watch that. Please stop bragging about your workouts, okay? I don't care if it's Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, for those of you Facebook, TikTok, or whatever you got going, I can guarantee you nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know, nobody cares, okay? There's support groups for that. Oh, we all do this workout and that workout. Hey, I get it. But nobody cares, okay? We've all been working out at home or doing whatever we can to work out, outside gyms, whatever, for a long time. I'm with it. I love that you are staying healthy. But I don't care about seeing it on your story or something like that. All right. I'm sorry. Maybe it's harsh. Please stop. Next, please stop. I think it's fair to say that every time we say, quote unquote, when this is all over, like five more months get en- gets ended, gets added to this. Okay. Maybe we should stop saying when this is all over because none of us know when it's going to be over. All right, let's just say, I don't know, hey, uh, I, I was going to say when, when this is all said and done. You know what, maybe maybe, maybe I got to remove that, please stop, because I'm not really sure what you say. All I know is that we've been saying when this is all over since April, and it's not all over, so we just need to change our wording or something like that, all right? And lastly, I had to do it. I had to go there. Please stop being selfish and wear that damn mask. This has been... Styles Files Radio live with Alan Styles. You can listen to me. Trying to figure out the schedule, to be honest. Going to maybe go once or three times a week, something like that, once we get through the holidays. But I had to get this one out for the Warriors opening opening game. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore Styles Files. Styles with an I. And that will be where you can figure out when I'm going to go live next. Podcast isn't going anywhere, by the way. Uh, we're just mixing these things in as well because it's great to, to get out there live and give the people what they need in the morning. I hope I made everybody's morning a little bit brighter. I'm going to be back doing this as well. Like I said, follow me on social media. And that is how you will hear... Um, when I'm going to be live next. But yeah, we're shooting for... Three times a week. It's been great getting to talk to every single one of you. Um, If you weren't able to catch this whole thing, if you're just tuning in now, it will be recorded. It will be posted on the Styles Files podcast. It will be noted that it is a live. It was one of the live shows. Very excited to be doing this, man. Shout out to everybody that helped me make it happen. Everybody that has been supporting me. This is a great time. And can't wait to do it again. Styles Files Radio. And you know what it is. Be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.
they know it. It's that time again, again. Kool-Aid man, you ready for Christmas? Ooh.